welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas can change the world. A lot of people don't realize that you can't separate drink from military ventures over the course of history. They're inextricably linked. And especially when it re in regards to the American patriot. Um, little known fact, but uh, in the Revolutionary War, there actually General George Washington actually um, started incenting his troops by an allotment of whiskey. And uh, that, that became something that ended up persisting in the military for hundreds of years. And what we're going to do today is take um, four branches of military and we're representatives from four branches of our military. And we're gonna talk about their unique journey in their lives that led them to start a first class uh, bourbon company. So I wanna welcome today Four Branches Bourbon and three of their founders, um, Harold Underdown, R.J. Casey, and Michael Trout, who has been with us on The Great Conversation about a year ago, talking about his book, The Protected. Gentlemen, great having you on The Great Conversation. Hey, thanks Ron. for having us on. Let's Good to be here, Ron. From, let's take it from the beginning, okay? I'm at a security conference, and Mike is telling me he's actually going to start a bourbon company, which, who does that? I, I, I want to understand from three of you guys, what started the idea of going to an audacious goal? I mean, starting a bourbon company. Tell me about that journey. Uh, Ron, I appreciate it. And uh, actually, the guy who came up with the original concept of this is Rick Franco, our Marine component. And he's not with us today. Um, not with us physically, anyway. Uh yeah, let me, let me give you Rick's background because it is important to understand how it started. And you're right, Ron, because it, it took it took some motivation, if you will. Um, Rick was a VMI graduate and later became a Marine Corps officer. And while he was in VMI school, one of his classmates, Greg Wright, uh, joined the Marine Corps with him. You know, a lot of guys may leave VMI and join different forces in different branches. Uh, but Greg joined the Marine Corps uh, with Rick, and they were both officers. At a given point in time, Rick was recruited by the CIA to go work as a direct contractor for the CIA, uh, doing overseas protection in high-threat areas. And, of course, we're talking after 9-11. You can imagine what that looked like. Uh, he reconnected with Greg and brought Greg over to the CIA as a contractor as well. And uh, pretty excited to be working together again. And after a few months of training and one of uh, actually Greg's first trip out uh, to do what guys like that are trained to do, and that is to protect people in high threat areas, uh, Greg did what he was supposed to do and protected his uh, individual, his asset, but in the line of duty, he was killed. And so that was 20 something years ago. And as Rick will tell you, that was a genesis of the thought. And now let's move forward 20 years. Rick is in 
sort of whiskey bourbon country where he lives in Nashville. And he was driving home one day and he said, it just hit him like a, like a lightning bolt. He goes, I want to do a barrel of bourbon. He goes, I don't know why, but it was bourbon specifically. I want to do a barrel of bourbon in remembrance of, of many guys that we lost. I mean, Rick had to repatriate Greg back to his mother and father personally and give him the story. And uh, along with Harold and RJ's on the call with us, we've all brought individuals back under that flag drape coffin on, on our aircraft. And uh, so it does hit home. So I think that had been, you know, weighing pretty heavy on Rick's mind for quite some time. So he calls me up and says, hey, I'd like to do a barrel of bourbon for some guys we lost. What do you think? And I said, well, how, do you, how are you going to do this? He goes, we'll just, we'll make it, we'll put it in a bottle, we'll put it on Facebook and sell it. I'm like, well, <laughs> you can't quite do it that way, Rick. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more involved. So we started talking about how you actually logistically do that. And even I didn't know, but I had been somewhat associated to another spirit brand that had been pretty successful and watched them be successful and learned a little bit along the way. Um, and then we reached out to Harold. And uh, Harold is our Navy guy here. And and uh, served 30 plus years with the SEALs. And we gave Harold the background. And within just a few seconds, Harold goes, let's do this, my man. So just a couple of weeks later, we, the three of us kept talking and thought, well, we, we do have the Marine component. We have the Air Force component. We have the Navy component. We're, we're missing, you know, the Army guy here. So we reached out to a mutual friend, RJ Casey's on with us. And uh, that's the Army component. And, uh, you know, while we're proud to, to say we do represent, uh, veterans from all four branches. You know, we do always want to recognize the Coast Guard and the new Space Force. Uh, but one of our criteria was we we had to know each other, either personally or through someone. And we just couldn't find that Coast Guard person that we all knew or had a relationship to. So God bless them. Uh, they're, they're part of us in spirit, uh, as well as the Space Force. But uh, that's how the four branches bourbon got started. Well, you forgot one thing. I mean, one, you had a branch or two or three or four, uh, but then you had to take the uh, the mash bill that has a standard three grains and you had to add another grain to represent the four branches. Tell me that story. I'll, I'll let Harold jump in here. He's, he likes that uh, story as well, because that was a that was an important memorable day for us. Uh, uh, yeah, um, we, were, we were bars down doing our blending. I'll let Harold tell that story. Harold, you're on. Tell you, yeah, what a process that was because everything was lining up for us, right? Four, four branches of the military. Our bottle we picked is called a diamond bottle, high quality bottle and glass. It's got four sides to it. Our number on the bottle, the four means a lot more than just that number and we can get into that later but uh, we went to Bardstown and we got an opportunity to sit down with their blenders their master blender also we had Steve Nally that came in who's a you know master distiller uh, worked a long time he, you know I don't know how many total years he had with Maker's Mark but he is he's in the uh, bourbon uh, museum Hall of Fame. I mean, he's, you know, what a, what a great opportunity. And we, we were at this table. It looked like a chemist class with all of these little glasses and uh, vials. And then we started putting together our mash bill. We already had the 70, 20, 10 is usually normal, right? Just like you said, Ron, about 70% corn, 
Corn is where you get your sweetness. And then you have rye. And it was about 20 or so percent rye at that point as we were mixing through this to get to our final objective, which was four grains. And then we had malted barley, which is a smells like an oatmeal, gives it really good aroma. And then, you know, with with Steve standing there with us, he said, let's put in, let's go about 10% wheat. And not only was it just 10% wheat, we had aged wheat, which was about six to seven year old. Uh, wheated barrels that we blended with that other 70, 20, 10 barrels that we had. And after we went through that a couple of times, we started passing around, you know, our little glasses and we were smelling it and uh, we we're getting highly educated on, you know, what are you smelling? And then, and then we introduced it, you know, sipping it and keeping it on the front of the tongue and then rolling it back. And then we, we got to that point where we're thinking, okay, this is, this, this tastes really good. And then we had to mess with the alcohol content, which changes up the profile as well. So we went from an 80% to about 115. And we sat there and we mixed all of that up, right? So you can imagine we're sitting there and we're drinking these little thimbles. And um, it, it, it got to the point where we were almost ready. We, we almost had the final blend. And I think we did. And Mike and RJ can back me up on this. And, you know, Dan, who was the master blender, kind of looked at me. He gave me a glass and he says, now, hey, this is all for, for all of you guys. Well, I didn't get that. That didn't translate to me. I was just looking at that little glass that he gave me. And he said, now, I said, just sip this and taste it. Well, <laughs> what I didn't realize was, was that that amount in that glass he gave me was for all four of us to share. Well, being the Navy guy that I am, you know, you hand me a canteen cup. You know, I'm not going to just take a little tiny you know, sip, right? So I knocked it back and I didn't, you know, cause I was kind of just, you know, washed it cause they were saying, Hey, you want to, you want to put it in your, you know, on your tongue and let it kind of chew on it a little bit before you, you swallow it. Right. So you don't, you don't chew this stuff, right. You kind of, you drink it. Right. So, we, so we did that. Uh, but anyway, everybody gives me a hard time about that today still, but what we got out of that was a very complex, four grain bourbon with our mash bill. And I tell you what, it is really refreshing to hear from your, your family members, your friends, our plank owners, everybody that has had an opportunity to do a tasting with us. You know, they, they sip it back. And even with, you know, Steve being a total, you know, master distiller, he, he, he sipped his and he kept looking up into the you know the sky, and we're, I'm kind of like looking at him, going, "What's what's he looking at? And why, why can't he tell us what he's thinking?" And then he finally brought his head down. And he looked at us, and he said, "Gentlemen, this is, you got something very special here." So that's the story of our getting to our four grains. But it was very, very educational. But at the same time, I tell you, we really. And then when it all went into the the big the big tank to get blended, and then we had to put it in a bottle, right? So we're all nervous and go, oh boy i hope this tastes you know tastes tastes as good as what we were sampling and it really did you know maybe even a little bit better so that's the story just just to underline something first of all thank you harold uh, to underline something for all the listeners here this steve nally character who is at bardstown right now but as you suggested harold i mean 31 years with maker's mark and he started at the bottom rung i mean he worked his way through it and he became maker's mark he 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 and his wife are 
Hall of Fame distillers. And it just blew me away. I mean, fortunately for you, he ends up uh, actually starting a distilling consultancy afterward in 2003. So he was interested in giving back to the industry. How, how did you connect with Steve? Yeah, that was another sort well, of fortuitous, uh, you know, we, uh, Jeff Hotmayer is another name that we'll mention quite often. And Jeff is in the industry as one of the biggest bourbon brokers. And at the time, Jeff sat on a board of Barstown Bourbon Company. And we reached out to Jeff uh, about uh, our, our adventure and journey. And who are the individuals you reach out to? If you take four guys that served in the special operations and CIA, we're going to break it down. We're going we're gonna to build that team and find out who are the specialists you go to to get it done. Uh, you know, at our time in life, uh, starting a, a bourbon, entering into a very crowded bourbon market, you, you better bring something good. And uh, so we rolled our sleeves up. And this wasn't, you know, like Harold explained, it may sound like it was just a day. This was about a year, year and a half explorations. Uh, we went to several distilleries. We tasted other people's bourbon. I spent some time in Scotland, you know, just trying to break it down. And really, to, you know, if you take four guys to, to land on something we all like, some guys like high rye, some guys like a high corn. So to find that perfect balance took some time. Uh, but we landed with Barstown Bourbon Company. And ironically, um, Mark Irwin is the CEO of Barstown Bourbon Company. He's a former Delta Force commander. So you're, you're kind of in the, in the family, as they say. And uh, Steve Nally is Bargetown's master distiller. So that's where he's landed uh, currently. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, it was just sometimes the journey takes you in interesting paths. You just can't see uh, when you start where you're going to go. Uh, but I think if you put it out there to the world and you, you kind of listen and, and pivot when you need it, because we could have gone to a few other distilleries and worked with some other master distillers but as harold said we're really blessed to have uh steve walk into the room and really the intention was to come in and say hi to us shake our hand and welcome to bargetown uh, but about two and a half hours later he left and that's just unusual uh for for someone like him to do so we're really blessed and fortunate but uh that's how it came to be uh for us to be working with steve well also again you think about it how audacious is this you're going to put four branches of the military. You're going to put the idea of an honorable soldier, an honorable life behind this brand. And for you to end up having the kind of um, DNA that goes into this whiskey, not only your own palates and your own passions, but a Hall of Fame, dis uh, distil uh, a Hall of Fame distiller. I mean, that was amazing and it anchors the brand you originally intended so uh so you have served honorably in the process leading up to this this whiskey and now uh now you just have to be disciplined enough to drink honorably i guess your trademark phrase <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the challenge for sure you know that, that's an important piece to us as well and i'll let rj kind of tell the story but it is really uh you know you hit on something ron that's important to us uh, and we almost didn't do this. We almost didn't start this brand uh, because uh, sometimes of the veteran community that, that can overdrink and, and, and use alcohol and abuse it. And we had to think about this. But I'll, I'll let RJ, he's, he's passionate about this as well. 
but our, our mission of changing the narrative of serve honorably, drink honorably is important to us. But uh, RJ, you want to dive into yeah. that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say a lot happened in that first year and a half to lead us in that room with Steve Nally. And about the year mark, we all kind of looked at each other like, and, you know, we've got an amazing team and this is obviously a great story. Is this the most responsible thing we can do? <laughs> like create another bourbon. And especially when we started talking about our communities and uh, Harold and I are both, you know, have a medical background, but we're all special operations and, you know, between the uh, military intelligence and, and the first responder communities, there's a lot of self-medication. Uh, and obviously there's, you know, veteran suicides talked about a lot and addressed a lot. And so we had had the phrase serve honorably and it was kind of a double, you know, we served honorably and now we're serving this honorably. And uh, we kind of said, God, you know, do we keep going with this bourbon company and is adding one more alcohol, you know, is that the best you know thing we can do? And I think we let it sit for overnight and we got back on the phone the next day. And, and I think we were all like, Hey, what if we, and I think it was actually Rick again, who came up with, uh, you know, Hey, what about, uh, drink honorably? You know, we said serve honorably, drink honorably. What if we put them together? And, you know, what if we go forward with that message that that's, you know, drink responsibly is kind of played out and nobody even says it anymore. We all know what it means, but what about drink honorably? And we all immediately knew that we were going to go forward with that uh, message. And then, even after that, we were like, hey, when somebody asks, what does that mean to you as a company? Uh, we came forward with, you know, let's not drink to forget, let's sip to remember. And that'll be part of that drink honorably, that'll anchor it to exactly what we mean. Um, you know, just because you crack the bottle doesn't mean you swim as fast as you can to the bottom, like some people do, right? And especially as good as this tastes, uh, and I've gotten a couple of comments uh, you know, about, you know, and I, I as Harold alluded, a lot of us, you know, whether it's a, a bourbon snob or a bourbon expert or just friends and family is like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> so um, we've been really excited about going forward with this brand and this messaging. It's, it's a really big part of our company as well. And it seems kind of counterintuitive for a company like, hey, don't drink it too fast or drink it too much because we're trying to sell it. Right. But I think the message is way more important. Well, for me, for me, what I thought of when I first saw those two phrases together, conjoined, if you will, is I was thinking of all the times uh, in your journeys in service where, you know, after the hot wash was over, after understanding what you did good and what you could do better, having a drink to say, you know, we live for another day to serve even better the next time. And then for those who are fallen, a toast to them. So it it it's drink honorably that is in making sure you don't have too much, but it's also a celebration of life and the experiences you went through. And it, it just dawned on me that drink honorably was multifaceted in its meaning. Absolutely. Yeah, actually Ron, um... One of the things that we thought was also important is, you know, everyone's obviously going to, you know, sip and toast to the fallen. Um, but some of the other people that make all of that happen, 
uh, a light gets shined on the guys that are on the X all the time, especially in the movies and, you know, when it comes to advertising and marketing. But one of the things we wanted to shine a light on also was, you know, the uh, the girl right out of college, super smart. She kept the internet up and running during a sandstorm for three weeks while we were able to talk to our families because of her or the guys that kept the helicopters running or the trucks, you know, in working order, um, you know, the guys that served us food, the people that made, you know, helped us get to a forward operating base, you know, from our house and home safely to our families, like all of it, you know, every person in that, that chain is important. So not just the guys on the X. So when we sit to remember, we, we really want to honor everybody that was part of that adventure. I was watching a video of uh, uh, a Scottish military ceremony. And they had these amazing, what looked like almost a mini cauldron with two handles. And they had poured whiskey into the cauldron. And just imagine the two handles, all of you, I'm, I'm doing this uh, through video so the guys can see me, but all of you listening in, just imagine holding a small cauldron with two handles, holding it up to another who has served with you. And by the way, you business people, this goes for business as well, to honor them in their service and then drinking together from that cauldron. And it was it was very touching. And I was thinking of you guys. It just happened that I came across this. I wasn't even mm -hmm. on you guys when I saw it, but it, it was... It was very touching, very touching. Where do you go from here, gentlemen? You have done something audacious. You you teamed up with a master distiller. You, I can see on your faces how proud you are because of the feedback you've gotten from friends and family and customers like me who uh, ordered online. I was surprised. I didn't even know I could order bourbon online until until I got the link from Mike. So, um, so what's next? Well, what's next is getting it out to the market, right? It, uh, you're, you can only be as successful as, uh, as uh, you know, the consumers get the chance to try it. And, and then like Carol was saying, you know, you can sell bourbon once, but the, the, the strategy is to sell it twice. You know, what, whatever it is you're selling, right? So you have to like it the first time. So we're in that trial period, which is cool. Uh, you know, we only launched about three and a half months ago, which we're early in this adventure. But the other thing that we were fortunate to was to create a, and you will appreciate this, is to create an advisory group that's from the industry uh, to keep us, keep us on track, uh, keep us within the guardrails. And we've been blessed to assemble about 150 years worth of experience from executives from Brown Foreman, former executives from Brown Foreman. And if you know Brown Foreman, they own Jack Daniels and Woodford Reserve and one of the oldest, uh, you know, sort of brand companies out there. So these individuals, anywhere between 15 and 40 years of experience as an individual is on our advisory team. And they're the one guiding us. And that has been, uh, I don't think we would be where we are today without their guidance for sure. And we have been fortunate to gain national contracts with two of the largest distributors in the nation which gives us national uh, distribution as we're ready. Uh, we launched in Tennessee first with Littman Brothers, uh, and we're doing very well in Tennessee. Uh, this month, we launch in Kentucky, Florida, and Arizona. 
and that will kind of give us uh, a little bit of a regional uh, ability to test the market uh, within those three regions. Florida is a great bourbon region and a, and a very patriotic and patriot military town. So that gives us a chance to kind of our, our, our core customer, if you will. Uh, Arizona is where I currently live. So it gives me a chance to be in the market here. Uh, if you're going to have a bourbon, you better be in Kentucky. Uh, so that's, that's a no brainer there. And then we hope to tease the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area later this year and early next year. And RJ's up there to, to take and run with that. Uh, so to your point, Ron, we're going to listen to our advisors. Uh, we're going to try not to get ahead of our skis, which is, as four military guys, are probably the biggest, the hardest part we have is we have friends in all states going, dude, get us in Michigan. I want to buy in Idaho. I got guys and we got friends in, in England going, hey, when are you going to get it in England? You know, when are you going to get it over here? We want to deliver it to all those places. But what that takes is a lot of capital and a lot of bourbon. So you have to be careful not to get ahead of your, yourself there. And as our advisors say, pick your pick your four or five markets, go deep, not wide, and, and, and you know get solid in those markets and, and build your capital and build your following. Then you can kind of roll it out to the – you know, the, the Californias or the Texases and, you know, the other big states that's going to kill you if you're, if you're not prepared. So that's kind of where we are right now. It's it's fun. It's uh, it's a lot of energy. It, it takes a lot of uh, time. Uh, but we meet some great people. I think that's the other thing. You know, when you come from the special operations or the intelligence or the security background, you're very siloed. You don't talk a lot to the broader audience about certain things. You, you kind of keep it confidential. Um, if you have something that's working for you and your entity, whether it's executive protection or it's intelligence, you kind of keep it in a little bit of a smaller silo. What we have found with the spirits industry, especially the small craft of bourbon and whiskey, people want to talk. People want to people want to you know share that sip and tell a story. And that story often reflects on how they got started or how they got in the industry or, or you need to meet this guy or you guys need to go over and visit with them. And that's been really kind of a cool uh, secondary effect for us that's unusual uh, that we've enjoyed. So, yeah, we're looking forward to this journey. I couldn't, you know, we couldn't be couldn't be happier to have the, the four guys that we have together uh, as partners to, to, to go forth. And as RJ says, to to deliver a message, it, we are we do kind of consider ourselves a little bit of a disruptor in the sense that our message is a little different and we're OK with that. And as Harold says, if we sell less because of that, that's okay too. Uh, our message is just as important as our taste. So, so that quality of your background, quality of your integrity, Harold, I really appreciate that. That's exactly how I live my life, and the quality of your of your product. Um, it's all merging into one. One one thing, I can't help myself, guys. As you know, I'm a strategist for a living. I can't help myself, but I was going, hmm, I ordered a bottle online in Washington State. They don't have a distributor here. It's not going to be in the stores here. And I'm going, you know what? This whole idea, you don't drink alone. Although last night on my dock, it was a beautiful sunset, and I had to have a whiskey <laughs> as I was watching the sunset all by myself. Now you you <laughs> shared you shared that picture with me, so I was there with you. <laughs> I, yeah, I got, I got Mike all ready for this great conversation by having a picture of this uh, little glass I have that says truth serum. Now I poured the whiskey just right. So all you could see was truth. And I sent it as a foreground 
to the uh, sunset over the lake. And uh, beautiful. Uh, I said, Mike, I'm ready for a great conversation. But I, I'm telling you, I think you, you're onto something here. I think people want want to be part of a community, especially a community like you, like you guys are. And uh, and there's something there there that you can explore from a subscription standpoint that also makes them part of that community. And uh, I think you're onto something there. And I, I hope to see it one day from you guys. I think it would be a, a fantastic thing. So when you're ready for the subscription program and the community um, following, uh, uh, give me send me a note because I'll be one of your first subscribers. Love it. Yeah, this yeah. has been a great conversation with Harold Underdown, former Navy SEAL, R.J. Casey, former Army, and Mike Trout of the U.S. Air Force, and a nod to our other partner out there, Rick Franco of the U.S. Marines. Gentlemen, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate it. Hey, Ron, thanks so much for having us. No, thank you. We're thank honored. you, Ron. Absolutely.